0: The latest U.S. drought monitor released on Thursday shows the drought deepening border to border across southern Iowa. Tom Robinson has the story.
1: State climatologist Justin Glisson says below normal rainfall across southern Iowa the last 45 days, coupled with warm temperatures and low humidity,
2: has caused atmospheric thirst. And that pulls any water that the atmosphere can find, and that's topsoil and subsoil. So when we look at the USDA crop uh, uh, assessment each week on Monday, we've continually noted in southern Iowa a, a diminishment of topsoil and subsoil moisture. And hence, we see drought conditions expanding. Within the initial D0 core that we had a few weeks ago, we see uh, D1 and D2 drought, so moderate to severe drought expanding basically from river to river.
1: Extreme to severe drought conditions continue for portions of northwest Iowa, particularly in the counties of Cherokee, Monona, Plymouth, and Woodbury.
2: So that is a multi-year drought that we're seeing. Uh, Precipitation deficits on the order of 15 to 25 inches. So very high precipitation departures.
1: Now, D3 droughts are analyzed in percentiles versus 100 years. listen says a D3 drought would not appear at a given location at once, but every 30 or 50 years.
2: But overall, if we look at southern Iowa, that's definitely been the driest part of the state going back uh, six months, as opposed to northwestern Iowa going back two, to two and a half years.
1: And Glisson says a culprit for this hot and dry weather is a high-pressure dome sitting over the middle of the U.S. for the past month, a month and a half.
2: So you need a large-scale jolt to the atmosphere to move that. It looks like we're starting to see a jolt to the atmosphere. We're starting to see outlooks showing cooler-than-average temperatures over the next 6 to 10 and 8 to 14 days, uh, and that should pump more moisture into the Midwest and we should see those moisture chances increase. Now, in some parts of the state, it might be too late, but soybeans luckily can hold on a little longer than corn, Uh, so those cooler temperatures and uh, potential moisture could be the saving grace for at least some of the crop that's hanging on.
1: Forecast for today, 91 for a high, 94 on Saturday, then the cool down, 88 on Sunday, 82 on Monday, with a chance for rain early next week. I'm Tom Robinson reporting.
0: The lack of a candidate on the Democratic ballot for Iowa Senate District 9 prompted Villisca City Councilman Tripp Narup to throw his hat into the ring. You know,
3: it, 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 it's, it's, not a, it's not a democracy if there's no choice involved. You know, it's just not, it's not a real election if, if, if there's no competition. Mm.
0: He'll challenge Republican incumbent Tom Shipley for the seat in November. The newly drawn district includes all of Cass, Adams, Montgomery, Page, Ringgold, and Taylor counties and a western portion of Union County. He addresses four issues, tax code, infrastructure, women's rights, and education. narup says the state legislature must support teachers and adequately fund Iowa schools.
3: Education is a big one. I I was very lucky to go to a uh a very good public school and I'm a firm believer in public schools and unfortunately, you know, one time Iowa used to have the best schools in the country and that's just not true anymore. And a lot of that is unfortunately due to just a lack of funding.
0: He believes Iowa women have the right to decide their bodies and health care options and says Iowa should be a state where residents decide whether and when to have children.
3: Too many women uh, who have had uh, issues in their pregnancy um, and things had to be done or they would have died. And unfortunately, I think Iowa might be headed in the direction of, of going uh, to headed toward being a state with no exceptions for abortion. Uh, And I I think that's a
0: horrible mistake. He also says he's not a big fan of flat tax and noting nothing is fair about flat tax and low-income Iowans will bear a greater responsibility. Shelby County Sheriff's Office teaching females how to protect themselves. Tom Robinson with this story.
1: A human trafficking case led the Shelby County Sheriff's Office to host a defensive tactics class focused on high school to college-age women. R.J. Bielenberg, a school resource deputy with the Shelby County Sheriff's Office, is also a defensive tactics instructor.
4: We're talking with uh, Sheriff Gross and uh, Sergeant Butler, who's also a defensive tactics instructor. Um, We were just kind of thinking of different classes or anything we could uh, bring to the community. We recently had a human trafficking case, which got a conversation started, and a lot of people were reaching out about doing a self-defense class.
1: Deputy Bielenberg says statistics show one in five women have been sexually assaulted or attempted to be sexually assaulted. And that's
4: just a a crazy number that we have to do something, at least in our small community, to try to bring that number down Um, or at least educate women, try to help them out.
1: Now, Deputy Bielenberg says about 20 young women attempted the first class on August 9th. The course taught females how to keep themselves safe, situational awareness, and what is happening around them as far as people paying attention, staying off the phone, and acknowledging where the location of the exits are.
4: We break it down to a whole lot of different things. When traveling, um, you know, traveling groups if you can. For the girls that are going to college campuses, a lot of them have actually security escort services they can call to get them across campus. Just a lot of situational awareness stuff and how to keep themselves out of danger. We talk about fight, fight, and freeze. And best options, obviously, flight, get out of there, don't even be part of the um, uh, uh, fight if you can, um, if you have to, but never freeze.
1: Bielenberg says the course covered the reasonable force code, what they can and cannot do, defense of self or another, to understand what they can legally do. Now attendees learn to stand up striking grips and grabs and ground techniques. Deputy Bielenberg and Deputy Butler instructed the class and plan to conduct two of these types of classes per year. I'm Tom Robinson, reporting.
0: The Adair County Board of Supervisors discussed the Schneider land use layer agreement on Wednesday. Auditor Mandy Berg says the assessor's office needs to draw out the wind turbine roads for assessment purposes because they are no longer used for agriculture.
5: And in order to do that, we're needing to add a new land use layer to our GIS system to add those in there. Um, It's a one-time project for a cost of $1,472.
0: In other business, Berg says the city of Stewart offered to add the 105th Street Cavalry Cemetery project to a current project and bill the county.
5: In our construction plan for this year, we had um, approved for a project on, up to Cavalry Cemetery. Uh, and we are planning on using our, our TIF funding, our tax increment financing funding for this Um, And so we had it um, in our plans to do. However, the city of Stewart has a construction plan going on right now, and they have um, offered to do this in that construction um, and just build the county for it. Hmm. Um, Nick says that estimate was $78,827.75 is what they quoted for the county's share of that. Um, and Engineer Kaufman just said that would save the county a significant amount of money instead of doing the project ourselves.
0: Berg says the County Board of Supervisors approved the city of Stewart to mill, overlay the road, and bill the county for their share. The driver in a single-vehicle accident in Red Oak late Friday morning was says a wasp landed on his arm, which caused him to swat at it and pull on the steering wheel. 18-year-old Dylan Welch of Red Oak told authorities he accidentally hit the accelerator instead of the brake. Welch was northbound on North 8th Street near the intersection of East Hammond Street when his 2006 Chevy pickup crossed the street and struck a light pole. The truck rolled on its side. Damage to the pole estimated at $1,600, and the pickup considered a total loss. Welch was issued a written warning for failure to maintain control. There were no injuries reported. I'm Ben Applake for KSOM, KS95 News.